breaking of courses. As we all know, this is a common thing from a user world kind of belief system that is running around. And to me, a lot of people are in rebondage. Because even though they must have gone through maybe what perhaps you would call deliverance or something of the sort, they are still yoked up by reason of this word, more especially the way it has been presented. Amen. Now I'm going to be attempting to show one or two scriptures. But like today, I think... It's going to be more in, the, in relation to your prosperity, to maybe your financial blessing as the case may be. But I want to really go through it from uh, the word of God, as it were, from the Old Testament, where these things are similar to have been mentioned. Um, here we've had series as touching the issue of breaking parental courses before. So you may equally try and get some of those CDs and listen to them. But I just want to go through a few things this evening to let us know one thing, that if God never causes you, no man can. Amen? Amen. No man just can cause you if God didn't cause you. And um, I also want to look at some specific things, and I'm going to use a simple illustration. Now, cause is basically uh, kind of invocations, if I may use the word, from persons upon other persons. And it basically a thing that kind of erodes your foundation, your roots, so that you can succeed. Uh, let me give a simple illustration. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Remember that? And if you look at it critically, you'll find that it withered from the root. It was the root that was basically caused and a tree withered. Because a tree cannot wither if the root is still functioning as it were. Okay. Now, so causes basically, they, they seem to attack your foundation. Which has to do with anything that's supposed to enable you prosper or succeed in life. That is what causes work towards. And again, it has to do maybe if an individual is trying to do that to you. It will stop you, as it were, from fulfilling uh, your God-given mandate. Let me, let me put it that way. So your destiny is a, is a thing that seems to, by reason of this, uh, attacked, you know, by the causes that may have been pronounced or may be pronounced or certain persons want to pronounce. But I just want to be emphatic tonight that no matter what anybody wants to say or do towards you, if you are yoked with God, such causes can prevail. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, not even what you call parental causes itself can prevail. One thing you need to understand is that um, if anything to go by, if there's anything to go by, Adam was supposed to be our first parent. Am I right? Now, if Adam was supposed to be our first parent, that we pick the blood as it were from Adam. And if Christ, through his sacrifice, can break us from the causes of Adam, I don't see how your biological parents, who is not even up to 100 years old, can keep you bound for life without getting out of it. The same blood that set you free from the effects of the cause of Adam can also set you free 
from the causes of whoever you call your biological parents. Can I hear an amen to that? But after now, we're going to be maybe systematically going to that, talking about the issue of parental causes, or as the case may be. However, tonight, I just want to go through a few scriptures and to let us know that as far as the community of Israel was concerned, there was no poor man, or there was not supposed to be a poor man in the economy of Israel. There was no room for poverty. And I want to show you the reason why any Israelite can be poor. And that applies to you today. An Israelite was not born to be a poor person. Because there was something that was running through the entire system. And it is only when you break that, that is when you become poor. Are you still there? Okay, let me take for instance, I'm going to read what I feel is supposed to be everyone that is blessed of God, I've been called by God, and that is the person of Joseph. So if we look at Genesis 49 verse 22, for instance, the Bible says, I'm reading from verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. The icons have solely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abides his strength. Can I hear an amen? And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Now I want you to take note of this. It's not as if Jacob was not hated. Was he hated or not? He was hated, the Bible says. And then it talks about the acres that were shooting at him. But that in the midst of this, his bow was he waxing strong. Why? Because of the arms of the Lord and the strength of the Almighty was upon Jacob, his father. Praise the living God. And then verse 25 says, And by the God of thy father who shall have thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lie under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. Now, this is all classes of blessings to be with. Of the heavens, of the earth, of the womb, and just name it. Anything you call blessing, all-round blessing, is what I would like to call this. The Bible said this is coming unto Joseph. Hallelujah. A type of the overcomer church. A type of the church that has gone through uh, situations and pressures and difficulties, but God's grace was still resting upon them and moving them to fulfilling the prophetic destiny for which purpose God brought them forth upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Verse 26 says, The blessing of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. It shall be on the head of Joseph. Can I hear an amen? And on the crown of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. And I want you to know that and it's very important. The blessing Listen to it again. The blessing the Bible says is going to rest upon the head of Joseph and on the crown of his head of the head of him that was separated from his, bre from his brethren. Now one of the things that separates you as an individual from the world is your salvation. Amen? The Bible talks about those who are called he justifier. Remember that? Those he justifier. What does he do? It glorifies. Is that true? That is the process of separation. 
Just like God speaking to Abraham, say, come out of the father's house, come out of the brethren, come out of that country. These are realms and levels of separation. So, God is saying here, Joseph, a type, like I said, the blessing is going to be resting upon your head. And that the crown of the head that was separated, the crown of him that was separated from his brethren. And don't you forget this. Even though they took the coat of many colors of Joseph, that couldn't stop him from getting to the throne. Is that all right? So therefore, there is no possibility of any man. Let it be your brethren, let it be anything that will want to stop you or can stop you from getting to the place that God has ultimately ordained for your life. In Deuteronomy 18, let's begin to read. Deuteronomy 18, verse number 13. The Bible says this. And now God is speaking to the whole community of Israel. When the hands and the flocks multiply, and the silver and the gold is multiplied, and all that the house is multiplied, now there is no addition. Hallelujah. Everything the Lord intends for his people goes through the process of what? Multiplication. Hallelujah. Amen? Okay. Now, then thy heart be lifted up, and thou shalt forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now, watch this. The process is simple. Egypt symbolizes the war to the believer. Here God is saying, when you come out by reason of the, of the process of separation, like I said before, how that a blessing will rest upon him that is separated from his brethren. You come in out of Egypt. You come out of Egypt by reason of Christ redeeming you. Like Colossians 1, 12, 13 will tell us, you've been translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Are you still there? Now he's saying, when you come into this new order, all things about you and things around you ought to go through the process of multiplication. And he's saying, when that begins to happen, you watch your heart. Because your heart could be lifted up. Now, if there is not going to be prosperity for you, there will be no lifting up of your heart. That's what the Lord is trying to say. But what he's saying is, I'm going to make sure you prosper. But watch that your head or heart is not lifted up. Now verse 15 says, Who led me to that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and droughts, where there was no water, who brought the fort water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, with our father knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do the good at thy latter end. And verse 17, And thus say in the heart, My power and the might of my hand had gotten me this word. But be thou shalt remember, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get words, that he might establish his covenant, which is swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. In other words, your prosperity is tied 
to what God said to the fathers. And when he's talking about the fathers here, he's not talking about your biological father. Don't you forget this. According to the book of Galatians, we are Abraham's children by what? By faith. Now when he talks about your fathers here, he's not talking about your biological father. God didn't make a covenant with your biological father. He made a covenant with the fathers of faith. Which has to do with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now that thing that ran through their life in bringing them to the place of plenty, God is saying he wants to establish that with you. By implication, in the true sense, as believers, we ought to be prosperous. Did you understand what I'm saying now? Prosperity is guaranteed because we believe, and by reason of our belief, as children of Abraham, we plug into the blessing that God gave to the fathers. Now, if, if God will not make us prosper, or if we cannot come to the place of prosperity, it simply shows that God could not establish his covenant. Now, he made the covenant, but he wants to establish them through you or in you. Hallelujah. And it shall be, if thou shalt do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that they shall surely perish. As the nation which the Lord destroyed before your face, so shall ye perish because you will not be obedient to the voice of your God. Now, I want you to note that because we're going to be talking about it a little bit. Reason why you could be destroyed is because you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, I would like us to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's look at something here. Deuteronomy 30, and I'll look at verse uh, 19 to 20. Now, Moses is speaking. And he said, I call heaven and earth to recall this day against you that I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose life that the both thou and thy seed may live. Hallelujah. What is it? That God is placing before the children of Israel. Listen very closely. Moses is saying, I call heaven and earth to record this against you. In other words, to bear witness against you. That are set before your life and death. Blessings and cousins. Where are those things contained? Simply in the law that he gave to them. Hallelujah. Are you following this? As placed before you life and death, blessing and cousins. In other words, you just begin to say this. Your response to the world determines life or death, blessing and cousins. It's nothing external. It's simply your response to the world. Are you there? Now, he said that, therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. 
what will it mean then for them to choose like? To do according to that which is written in the word for them. Is that alright? In other words, how do you really break causes as we progress? We're going to be speaking more about this. From this simple scripture, how do you break causes? You break causes by simply obeying everything God says. Am I right, somebody? He said, I place before you life and death. You are free to choose. But I'm saying choose life. What does it mean to choose life? You choose life by obeying everything God says. The causes are definitely far away from you. It's a very simple thing. Hallelujah. Verse 20 says, That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is what? Thy life. Now watch that. And the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to do what? To give them to you or to give them. He swore to give them this land, but he said when he give them this land, he's establishing the land even you and the land for you because you are their seed. Hallelujah. Now I want you to know this. God is your life. And Colossians 3, we equally say that. When your life shall appear, and he said your life is hid with Christ in God. And when your life, which is Christ in this shall appear, then shall you appear with him in glory. And he said, God is your life. You know, now, if God be your life, like you say here, what do you say you should do? You should love him. Love thy God, and that I may obey what? His voice, and that I may cleave unto him. For he is thy life. What is life? Scripture, we can just say the very simple. Your life is not because you're breathing. Your life is God. Your life is a person. And if you say you want to love life, you've got to love the person who is your life. Have you had people say, I love my life? You love your life is not necessarily mean you shouldn't be thinking about maybe the life you live. You say, I love my life. Your true life is God himself. Hallelujah. And I say, if you should want to live life as it were, then you've got to love him because it's your life. So here he says, That may love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. And then the length of the days, that thou mayest dwell in the land with the lost world unto thy fathers. In other words, to live long is already connected to your obedience, your response, your love unto who? Unto God. Okay, now, let's bring it this way. We are probably have people who say they die early in their family. Okay. And they say, well, it's a cause. Have you heard that? But here God is saying, if you love God, what happens to you? You live long. So how do you break the cause? It's not running around for whatever you want to call deliverance and breaking causes, whatever. That is not what's going to give you long life. You simply receive long life by obeying and responding to the voice of God who speaks to you. Well, definitely it's not as if things like that doesn't happen. But I'm telling you how to come out of it. I know of a family some years past. One of the, one of the, the members 
of that family was a very close friend of mine. I think I've given the story here some time ago. The senior brother died when he was 34. And then he was next in the family. They were actually three boys. When he was 34 also, he died. But the younger one, maybe, I don't know, realizing what is happening, got himself into God. If I mention his name, some of you will know him, but I don't want to mention his name. He is today one of the best and big politicians in this state. He is still alive. But the other ones died at 34. Hallelujah. They don't cross up to 40. They will always go. But he's still alive. His cross is 34, got through 40, getting down to whatever the case may be, 50. Are you following what I'm saying here? Why is he doing that? He loved the Lord. The curses that were supposed to be in the family, as it were, have been broken. Why? Because he loved the Lord. Listen to me, people of God. The key to all of this causing being broken, or whatever you want to call it, is simply loving the Lord and staying with the Lord. You can see that very precisely from the book of Exodus chapter 20. You remember what he said? He said, from verse 4, down 5, 6, he simply said, he will visit the causes upon the third and the fourth generation of them that do what? That hate him. And I've always been emphasizing it. That the key to the causes landing on you is hatred. Now, he is visiting on those that hate him. Means he visited on those that hate him. Which is not true the parents. But if you love the Lord. And you are not doing what your parents did. Then the causes cannot cross over to rest on you. The only way and the only reason that the parental causes can continue to abide in your life is when you do exactly what your parents were doing. You can find that in Exodus 18. I mean, Ezekiel 18. If you read Ezekiel 18, you're going to see the principle that I'm talking about. If you continue to do what your parents did, then the causes will continue to abide. Is that okay? But if you love the law, like we find in Exodus chapter number 20, the causes might be broken. And like I often say, if the causes are going to move in the family, don't you forget, the Bible says, unto the fourth and the third generation. Third and fourth generation. Now the fifth is not mentioned like I always say. And why is the fifth not mentioned? Because we do know that fifth is the number of great. Five is the number of grace. You move into grace and the causes are broken. And again, you need to find out what generation are you in your family that the causes are running true. You need to find out. I was chatting with someone today in the United States and we were chatting on this and I made the person to understand. I won't subscribe to soft theology because once you begin to continue to believe that there is a cost running through your family, it affects your mind and it becomes productive. Are you getting what I'm saying now? It becomes productive and it holds you back. You see, you can't tell me that what your parents did are stronger than what Jesus did. Everything has to do with your belief system. If you change your paradigm of thinking and you move into believing what Christ did, then you are free from what your parents did. Hallelujah. Now, if you check that Exodus 20 again, if you look at verse 6, it's going to tell you something. 
He said, I will show mercy unto thousands of generations of them that love him. Now, it is the same thing that Moses is saying here. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest do what? Obey his voice, and the length of your day shall be increased upon the face of the earth. One key thing is responsible for all of that, loving God. Did you get that? Loving God. And so that's just what all we need. So, whether prosperity, whether parental causes, whatever, you know, no cause can land on you. I am saying this. There is no cause operating today on the, upon the face of the earth that cannot be broken by you simply obeying whatever thing God says. No cause. Hallelujah. Whether it's having parental, whether it's from family, whether it's a community cause, whatever. Any cause you want to mention, just one thing sets you free from it all. Loving God and obeying whatever thing he says. Hallelujah. So again, we say verse 20 here. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. Now you should note all of those words. Love, obey, cleave. Amen? For he is thy life. And the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers. Now, see what Isaiah will say on this. If you obey, you will do what? You will eat the fruit of the land. Did you get that? Okay. Now, let's get down to the book of Joshua. We're not going to spend much time because it's a very simple and straightforward thing I'm trying to share with you tonight. I just want to get your mind off, get your thinking off all of these things that are going on so that you don't live in bondage, you don't live in you know, oppression through your mind and then you end up thinking somebody is actually oppressing you from behind the scene. You can't get to the place of success. No. You are free. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in Joshua chapter 8, I'm going to look at verse 34 and then Joshua 1 verse number 8 as well. But let's quickly look at Joshua 8 verse 34. You should understand that Joshua was the minister of, of, of Moses and he took over from Moses and you can also remember what God personally told him as we're going to read. But let's look at that Joshua chapter 8 verse 34. The Bible says, and afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses. Huh? According to all that is written in the book of the law. Now if you look at Jeremy 28, you're going to see part of what I'm talking about. Is that okay? Jeremy 28. Okay. Maybe next week I'm going to make you see there were two mountains and the scripture said the mountain of blessing and the mountain of cursing. So I'm going to make you see that maybe next week if God permits that. Is that okay? But he said when you enter the land go on that mountain, this mountain you're going to pronounce blessing. On that mountain you're going to pronounce cousins. We're going to find out why it is so. But however here we see. He said he read the whole book. Now it says if you watch what is written in Deuteronomy 28 it is very simple. If you obey my voice and do what I say, I will set you up above all. Remember that? All nations. But if you will not do what? Obey. These causes shall follow you. I just want you to understand. That's what I'm telling you. That. There was no Israelite that was supposed to be poor. 
One thing that enables you to identify a poor Israelite is a man that doesn't obey the word of God. By reason of the covenant God held with the fathers, no Jewish man was supposed to live in poverty. Anyone that you ever found on the face of their living in poverty, just know this one does not obey the word of the Lord. Not because there's one course running anywhere. God has already placed the course there. If you obey this one, if you disobey this one, will happen. Very simple. Now, why are you looking for causes? All, I mean, tell me. I don't know how to explain this to people. But why do you think there is something one of your fathers who lived just for about 60 years old did? And that's what's responsible for the life you're living. No. Absolutely not. Are you still there with me? Absolutely not. Praise the Lord. We've seen orphans whose parents lived a kind of life but somewhere along the land they died. But they are prosperous people upon the face of the earth. Am I right? Okay, okay. It simply means when their parents died, the causes died with them. Is that what we're trying to say? Number one, people never told them anything about their past. Most often. They are not old. Number two, the environment they grow up in is free from such discussion because they, want to, they don't want to remind them of their past because of their emotional state. Are you still there with me? They often project to them a glorious future knowing that they are in the right hands of those taking care of them. So they grow up with a mentality of success. Did you get this? Now, that thinking alone shapes their future. And so whether their parents did anything before they died, drowned in the world, that is none of their business. Hallelujah. Here Joshua is speaking and said, and afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that's written in the book of the law. That is why, listen to me, you can't play with the issue of tithing to a Jewish man. You just cannot play with that. You even know, reading the book of Deuteronomy and so on, how they present their tithes before the Lord. The things they say. The Lord have already told them, this is what you must do to succeed. If you do this, you succeed. If you do this, you will not succeed. Life is a matter of choice between the laws God has given I often tell people, yes, I believe in what you may call free will, but excuse me, people, the free will is only directly connected to what you have been instructed about. The choice that Joshua was telling them to take here was the choice of either obeying or not obeying. Why? Because it had been given to them. Hallelujah. Did I make myself plain there? They can only make the choice based on what they have been told. There was no other choice they were going to make. It is what God has covenanted with them. That's it. He said that you obeyed. If you obeyed, you succeed. You become a great nation. You, you, you come out display the glory of God upon the face of the earth among all the other people. But if you don't obey, it's like you live just like them because they are not in the covenant. 
Is that alright? So causes comes to them when they don't obey. But again, once they start obeying, blessing comes. Is anybody picking this? The only way to reverse the causing is to become obedient to what God says. And the blessing follows. It's not any ceremony. No, I don't believe that. It's not going to help you out in any way. Because you see, you should be going through the same cycle. Let me explain something to you. I can set you in deliverance process, get you out of that. But as long as your mind is not out of that which you've been delivered from, there is no way you can be set free from it. Hallelujah. You shall read all the ways of the law. The blessings are causes according to all that is written in the law. Now, look at, look at Joshua chapter 1. Look at Joshua chapter 1. Now, let's look at verse 8. Hallelujah. It said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And thou shalt observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way, what? Prosperous. And thou shalt have, what? Not just success. Success that is qualified. Amen. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Choose. He said, you shall make. So it is you that makes your way by the choice you make. Based on the law that God has given. Did you get this? Now, I don't know if you can follow that. No devil is stopping you from succeeding. As long as you can meditate on the word, you don't let it out of your mind. No devil has power enough to stop you from succeeding. Am I making sense to you? That is what the Lord is telling us here. You make your way by the decisions you make in relation to what God is saying. That's how you make your way. How do you make your way prosperous? By not allowing the word out of your mouth. Now, watch this. Yes, it may be, yeah, you're just talking about it and quoting it and memorizing it and things like that. Yes. But listen, it goes beyond that. For instance, let me explain. You know, if you look at the book of Revelation, the angel came and he said, take this little book. Is, you remember that? He said, eat it. It shall be sweet in your mouth, but bitter in your belly. Have you read that before? What does that mean? Is the book food? No. What he's saying, digest everything I'm giving to you now. It's a revelation you are receiving. And this revelation is going to give you life, but why will it be bitter in your stomach? You are going to face persecution by the things you know. So you come to a place just like Jeremiah and say, oh my God, I don't want to speak about the prophecies you're giving to me anymore because it seems there's no protection for me. Are you still there? And when he come to say, I said the word was locked up in my bone. Therefore, I could not forbear. I still have to prophesy. 
It's a life. It's not something you just listen to me. Do you know why we can enter into full glory by just thinking we have to pick the Bible, read some passages on it and things like that? If we continue to do that, not because it is not necessary, but if we do that without allowing that thing to become eternalized, it has no effect. We can come into glory. It's in Corinthians 3 verse 18. Remember, the Bible says as we behold him, we're changed from glory to glory. Why are we changed from glory to glory? Beholding the Lord. Because the word of the Lord is supposed to be written in our hearts. Why is it that the people of Moses' days could not enter into the glory they are supposed to enter into? Why? Because Moses got the law. The people could not hear the voice of the Lord. It was written in tablet of stones for them. And that means for any one of them to live out the word, they have to continuously make a reference. They go to the library to find out what God has to say. But when the word is written in your heart, it becomes your life. Are you still there with me? So when you say, let this word be in your mouth, let it not depart from your mouth, it's not you're talking about, well, memorizing, but it's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. The more you memorize it, the more it becomes part of you. Is that okay? I'll give you a simple illustration, you need some time. Any doctor who's got a patient in the hospital, let's say maybe the patient has some diseases that needs an operation, and the doctor just step aside to go and consult book. And the patient is almost dying who needs an operation. That doctor is not a qualified doctor. Does it make sense? It's not. Especially so easily and quickly jump right in there, get all the tools and begin to dissect the patient. But when a when doctor begins to go and consult, okay, I'll just be putting some, what do you go? Try to hold the patient, try to revive, and then go into the room and begin to read pages of uh, books and big library books. I mean, that's what we do as Christians. We find ourselves in situations we don't know what to do. We want to make reference to the Bible. It simply shows we are not qualified to reveal the life of God. Whatever situations shows up. Are you still there with me? So here God is saying, let the world become part of you. Listen. It becomes, how do I describe this? Life is not, okay, let me, let me use this word. It may not be a proper word. <laughs> I don't know which way to describe it. I don't want to use that again either because it may confuse some of you. But let me explain something to you. Can you teach a fish to swim? You, you don't teach a fish to swim? Now, does a fish consult boo before it goes into swimming the river? <laughs> Because the fish is built to swim in the river. He has the capacity. He knows how to move in the river. Everything is right within. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And that is how we should really be challenged as to how much of God's word is right in our lives. Functioning. Operating. Because I never saw any book on the day of Pentecost. When the apostles were doing what they were doing. Even when they were called Christians, there was no book. Perhaps the only book available then was the book that was in the temple, which is the scroll. And the scroll was in exclusive reserve of the scribes and the Pharisees, the doctors of the law. So everybody was not handling it. So what book were they using? The world became life again in them. You see, follow what I'm talking about? And the world could not depart from their mouth because when Pentecost came, they could step out and make a proclamation of who the Lord is. It was a revelation. 
And so here, Joshua is saying, if you want to make your way prosperous, you don't only think about meditating, let it become an eternal reality. What that means is, live your life on a daily basis by what is already within you. Is that okay? See, the world has capacity to restrain you. The world has capacity to push you. For, the, world, the capacity is right just there. But let it be actually fitted within your system. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of the mouth. Thou shalt meditate during day and night. Do you even meditate on the word? Let's bring it in. Do you meditate on the word? See, meditation is a very powerful tool as far as I'm concerned. One of the ways to walk in God, to walk, walk in God and with God is through meditation. How many of you know sometimes you can be sitting down meditating and people think you are there but you are not there? Deep meditation is synonymous to me to deep prayers. Why do I say so? The Bible says pray without ceasing. So does it mean you can't even eat? Because if you eat, that means you cease. But it's possible for you to be eating and still be thinking about God. Are you still there with me? You could be traveling on the road thinking about God, communicating with God anytime, anywhere. Deep meditation. Do you think about the world? Do you think about the things you're receiving? Do you think about the things God is saying? Do you meditate? If we are really thinking about this, if we are really meditating as it should be, sometimes we can't even get into trouble and quarrels. I'm very honest with you. Because every instance of that which is coming your way, something will flip up in your mind. The world will jump out. Here the Bible is saying, meditate day and night, that I may as well to do according to all that is written therein. For then that shall make thy way prosperous, and that shall have what? Good success. Success in life is directly connected to your response to the word of God. It has nothing to do with some of the things you want to do or the things you don't want to do or what people say or some of, you know, going to some mountains or some hills and things like that. No, no, no. Now, I'm not saying don't go into a mountain to pray. Fine, you can. Whatever thing you need to do, fine, do it. But as you do, walk by what God tells you. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about here? Now, go down to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Our time is almost up so we can wind up here. Deuteronomy 11. Don't let the word depart from your mouth. You see, and you know what people do? They are selective as to what to believe and what not to believe. But God's word should be taken hold. Amen. Especially if he speaks the word to you. You should just leave it the way God intends to be lived out. Somebody came to me yesterday in counseling. We were talking. He said, Minister of God, I love his spirit. At a certain stage when the world was coming, he became very resistant. <laughs> I just have to relax myself as well. And then we progressed in the discussion because we had a very dicey issue we were discussing as a minister. You know when you're talking to a minister, hey, serious. <laughs> But before long, he said, yes, I can understand. Now I know better that it is not the issue of what we read. It is the issue of that which is revealed. I said, thank God for your life. 
There's a place for the rhema, which is the preceding word, and there is a place for the later of the word. So if God gives you a rhema, man, I say bet your life on it. It will take you across oceans. It will take you across sea. Are you still following what I'm talking about? When you become the one that meditate upon the word of God, it, it's, it's, it's kind of rhema begins to flow out of your life. You sleep and you dream. You're on the road. God is speaking to you. Giving you scriptures. Giving you what? Let me tell you something. Do you know why you read the word? You read the word because when situation comes, God will speak to you from the word that you will know exactly what to do at that particular time. So if you don't read your book, there is no way for that very thing to begin to function in your life. How many of you have had a dream and God give you a scripture? I'm not even talking about dream now, not in the physical. You don't read your book. Do you read the Bible? No. Be honest with yourselves. You spend time for things that will not feed your spirit, feed your soul. Some of you need to have been there when we're having the youth, the, youth, the youth prophetic meeting. And you see things that were downloaded into the life of those children. It was not meant for you. It was meant for actually the church. But sometimes the church has to ought to respond to the things of God. How do I know that? Well, you need to go and find out from the mother of Ishmael. Hmm? Hallelujah. You know what happened in the mother of Ishmael? Here was a well where there was water for the child. You remember that? But she was concerned about praying and uh, regretting on everything else. She, I mean, you understand that? She wasn't even thinking about God. She was just crying and regretting her state. She was too old to be instructed. The response of God was to the child and not to her. Praise the Lord. Some of you are too old to be, to, be, to be instructed. You are too busy to hear God. The providing camp was such a wonderful place. Amen. Trusting God to see hold it next year. God permitting. Hallelujah. Look at Deuteronomy 11. Verse 26. Behold, I said before you this day, blessing and what? What is a blessing and cause? I still want to ask you this question. How can you be blessed? And how can you be caused? It means you can make a choice to either be blessed or be caused. Now, if God is the one responsible for the cause, I tell you there's no deliverance you are going to conduct that will set you free. I'm sorry. Does that make sense to you? No deliverance. If God is the one that has pronounced the cause, if God is the one responsible for the cause, if God is the one that initiated, I said before you this day, a blessing and a cause. A blessing if, oh hallelujah, ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded you this day. Is it simple? Come on. Is it simple then? A blessing if you obey. It's very simple. I'm certain before you blessing and causing. What, what is the option for success and, and failure in life? Obedience or disobedience. Very simple. 
And you're thinking something is coming from your father, something is coming from your grandfather, something is coming from your community. And things that light and those kind of stuff and then you get crazy doing all manner of things and whatever. You're just wasting your time and just live by what God says. Live by what God tells you. Live by the instruction that is given unto you. I spoke to you here on, on Sunday. Remember the woman, first, first, first kings? Remember that? Are you still there? Can you remember the woman? The woman of Zarephath? How did she got her debt paid by simple instruction and doing what God asked her to do? That was somebody that was to eat her last meal. Preparing stick. But when God gave the instruction from behind the scene, she picked the vibration of what God was saying. And watch what happened. The Bible says, Elijah came and met her by this gate, the city gate, gathering sticks. She was there at the right time, at the right place, to be seen by the instructor. Some of you can even hear voices that will lead you to the place of success in life. But this woman was right at the gate. Elijah was coming. And Elijah could definitely notice her right at the outskirts of the city. At the right time. She wasn't there before after Elijah had to come. Everything was timed. God's timing is precise. Are you still there with me? And so Elijah find her and at the end of the day, give to me. First. Amen. Are you still there? God's kingdom first. Simple instruction. Give to me first. And give to your children. Or your side, yourself and your child. But first give to me. Prepare it for me. And when that was done. The next thing is. Go and sell. And like I almost say. The poor woman. In the city. Become the only oil merchant in the city. Are you there? Why? She responded to the voice of God and responded to the instruction of the one that was sent to her. Broke everything about poverty. It was not a struggle of the woman to get out of poverty. She would have died in her poverty no matter what. She, in fact, she knew so many things to do to pay off the debt before, but she couldn't. But simply responding to the instruction of God and the word of the prophet of God that was sent to her, her debt were paid. I said before you this day, a blessing and a cousin. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way, which I command you this day, to go after other gods, which you have not known. A blessing and a cousin. See, this thing is not far. You see, if you like, let those who want to argue continue to argue. I don't believe in tithing. I don't believe in this. You know, you have people say, well, no, I'm a giver. Hmm. What is special about that? What is special about that? Okay, now let me explain something to you. How many of you have seen some people in the city, they are philanthropists? Is that okay? Philanthropists. Now, in spite of the fact that they are philanthropists, they still pay their tax to the government. Am I right? Stop paying your tax. Because you are a philanthropist. You build schools for people. You build hospitals for people. And then when the government comes and says, where is your tax rate? Say, no, but look at my school. They'll say, no, no, no. You get into the prison. Because even what you gave out cannot be compared to the tax you are supposed to pay. Am I right? But the little tax you didn't pay can put you in prison as compared to the hospital you build for the city. 
Give to Caesar what is Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. What belongs to God? The tithe belongs to God. It's very simple. It's a means of responding and respecting the government that you are under. If you don't pay tax, it means you don't accept Caesar as your Lord. Did you get that? If you don't pay tithe, you also say, I don't accept God as my Lord. That is what Jesus is teaching there. It's a tax principle. So your philanthropic obligations as you've imposed on yourself, even if God gave it to you, does not guarantee or exclude you from doing that which belongs to God. Praise the living God. Are you following this principle? So what, what is God saying? You see, maybe we're going to teach. I'll be in Lagos on, on, on Sunday to teach on kingdom economies. Maybe we need to do the whole study right here. There are dimensions of giving. Not just tithes, not just offerings, not just dimensions of giving. Even there are things we call kingly offerings, if we don't know. Parental offerings, altar offerings, dimensions of giving. If you take time to read your Bible, the people that came to look for Jesus, they didn't come because they were looking for a baby. I mean, if you remember that. They came looking for a king. And you can't go to the king with empty hands. That's why they brought gifts. How do I know that? Queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon with gifts. Was Solomon a poor person? Because she knew as a queen that you can't visit the palace with empty hands. Those who practice not recognizing Christ as king, they are Belia. Sons of Belia, the Bible calls them. Check the book of 1 Samuel, you're going to find that. Hmm? When Saul was made a king, the Bible said, hey, this man can't save us. And the Bible said, and those who said Saul cannot save them as a king did not bring gift to Saul. <laughs> So there are dimensions of giving. So don't boast yourself. Well, I'm a giver. In what capacity have you given? And every understanding of these principles of giving that you have attract its own reward. Did you get what I'm talking about? So your life is based on what you do, my friend. You can choose to be a poor person. You can choose to be a rich person. It's all in your hands. In response to what God is saying to you. It simply means, I said before you today, blessing and cursing. Which is the same thing as life and death. Poverty is dead on its own. To a very large degree. <laughs> Amen? Poverty is dead to a very large degree. I said before you today, life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose. So you can make a choice. This is, this is not a question of whatever. It is, you see, and that's why in, in, in Joshua 1 it says, so that you can, make, you can make your way prosperous. You are the one that makes your way prosperous. You are. And it's based on the choice you made on that which God have laid down. Hallelujah. What am I sharing with you tonight? You are not a blessed person. Once you live in obedience to what God says. Can I hear an amen to that? I mean you are not a cause person rather. You are not cause if you live in obedience. You are only cause if you live in what? In disobedience. And there is no cause following you. 
Don't believe it. Don't stand for it. Don't exercise yourself in it. You are not cursed, people of God. Jesus broke those cause. Everyone from the least. He broke every cause. He broke every cause. Every power. Jesus broke it. Is that okay? You are free. When he said, he that is son of man set free, is free indeed. And I've only told you this before, remember, as we round up. There was one law that was operating, which I would say, Saul brought forth. And he said, any man that can kill Goliath, his family will not pay tithe, will not pay tax in Israel. Remember that? Tax were the contributions to build, do, do, do whatever. He said, anyone who will kill, his family will not pay tax in Israel. Tax exemption was directly connected to the man that can destroy Goliath. And when David killed Goliath, all of his family members were no longer paying tax in Israel. But you have a greater David today. And the real Goliath was killed on the cross. Am I talking to somebody here? And the Bible said we are joint heirs with him. So he's our senior brother. He knew we were paying tithes and taxes, if you will, to the devil. By the oppression that he was bringing upon our lives. By the expenses which are not necessary that we are incurring. He went and destroyed Goliath. And he made the declaration, you are free from today. You can't pay tax anymore to the devil. For he who can destroy Goliath, the whole of his family is free from tax. No more taxation for you. You can make your way prosperous. Don't you forget the gold and the silver that God gave to you from Egypt were not meant for your own purse. Lest you turn them into a golden calf. The gold and the silver were meant for the building of the temple. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? But when men could not for patience and understand the way to do what they are supposed to do, what happened? They turned them over to building a golden calf to be worshipped. <laughs> you are not blessed for yourself. You are blessed for the kingdom. You can make your way prosperous. I see prosperity coming your way. Because I see you living in obedience.